0: Hi friends, I am popping here before this episode to give you a huge trigger warning. This is a very, very heavy episode. We're going to be talking about murder, suicide, death and dismemberment, including war PTSD, childhood abuse, alcohol and drug abuse. We are also talking about Hurricane Katrina, which can be triggering for people as well. Mental health talk throughout this episode. Kitty is a very good person to be talking about this because she has experienced some stuff. I think we come through with respect for all parties involved, and we have a lot of empathy for everyone. I hope you come into this with empathy for everyone, including the person who did commit the crime because he also went through a lot of stuff. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. We really appreciate you getting through this with us. I can totally understand why my mom did not want to be a part of this one. She sat down and listened to some stuff about it and uh, she got the icks. So she didn't want to be involved in this one, which I totally understand. Welcome to Only Ghosts in the Building. This is your host, Emily Clare and I'm here with Hi everyone, I'm Kitty Sage It's so nice to meet you You too I'm really um, excited because we are like now Facebook friends Yes And it just all of a sudden happened into this On this episode, this is going to be heavy trigger warning There is um, some really disturbing material that we're going to go through Yes But it plays a big part in um, the experiences that kitty had in yes. New Orleans. My mom decided to skip one, this one out because it was too gruesome for her. You're warned. <laughs> well, lucky for you, gore is my thing. And yay, I'm kind of a, I'm a Scorpio, so I got that dark side in me.
1: I'm a Capricorn.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm a so if you want to break it down, I'm a Scorpio, Libra, Capricorn.
1: I don't know, uh, like, my rising and all that stuff. I know there's a little bit of Taurus in there. I don't know where. I always, like, have to go back and re-look it up. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah. It's funny because my son is a double Scorpio Capricorn. Mm. He's spicy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I have Capricorn in... It's my primary, but it's also in one of my houses, and I am very much a tried and true Capricorn. Capricorn. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're like, work, 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 work. Yes. Yeah. Perfection. You don't understand people that aren't like that, too. Yes. Uh.
1: Work ethic is crazy. I look at others like, guys, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing the bare minimum. What are you
0: doing? <laughs> you know? But I also never give myself a break, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your tourists should bring that out in you. Do you have lots of, like, comfy stuff at home? Like, when you're chill, you're, like... Yeah. I'm cozy. Yes. Once
1: I'm home, I'm not
0: going back out. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Nope. I hear you. Okay. Anyway, now now that we've had our Zodiac segment... (laughs) (laughs) So, we are going to talk about Zach Bowen and Addie Hall... Rampart. Yes. off Rampart Rampart Street. Street. Yeah. So they they call them the Rampart Street Murders. And it happened just after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans.
1: Yes. As you just mentioned, Hurricane Katrina. Zach and Addie, pre-Katrina, met each other while working in a bar, essentially. The world actually came to know them. They were featured on the local news in new orleans because they decided to weather katrina they were almost like a story of hope during this devastating storm with all of this fallout and
0: devastation yeah and um they uh, they cleaned up the streets they took care they would have barbecues they made cocktails they like looted the bar that they worked in apparently they did (laughs) and they were just making cocktails and most famous picture of them is on the street in the their little chairs. And they yes. had kittens on their lap and mm-hmm. a glass of wine in the hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's yeah. how they lived. Yeah. Post-Katrina. Like, right post-Katrina. Yeah.
1: And the, the thing is, you know, people had really great things to say about them and their relationship and how much they seemed to be in love yeah you know
0: yeah it was like a true love story but it went very dark very toxic there was a lot of um pain and suffering in their in their childhood I know that Addie did not have a good family life when she was young and so she kind of turned into a kind of a modern bohemian like renegade yeah (laughs) And um, so she found herself there in New Orleans. Now his his parents were hippies. So th- they've always traveled a little bit, um, but his mom wanted to settle down and his dad did not. Yeah. So what happened is when he was 17, he went and lived with his dad and then they made their way to New Orleans. So he was bartending at a to-go cup, like on like a window on the street mm-hmm. at like seventeen, he was really tall and he looked older, so he got away with a lot, and um, that's he met his wife, that is not Addie, right, Lana, and they had two children, and for them to make ends meet, um, he thought, oh, I really needed a more of a career, so he went and joined the military. His brother wasn't in the military, and so um, he said, okay, well, I'm going to do that, and it wasn't wartime. This was pre-9-11, so they were stationed in Germany. And then 9-11 happened, and basically the world fell apart, and he got deployed to Iraq, and um, a lot of bad things happened that caused him to be Uh, disillusion with the government for one with the military and also lots of post-traumatic stress disorder yes Uh, there is going to be a lot of talk about mental health in this and it's so important addiction and mental health is so important to get taken care of it it is yeah very much yeah so anyway they he comes back his him and his wife break up and he's just out there doing the do meeting Abby and doing cocaine about it (laughs) yeah i mean
1: isn't that what everybody
0: did in the early 2000s of a breakup maybe (laughs) that's a whole nother podcast episode (laughs) it's so true Um, We're probably going to make jokes and laugh, even though this is a pretty heavy... It it is. ...a heavy topic. I think it's the way that... And I by no
1: means mean any offense. Uh, I am an addict in recovery. I struggle with mental illness and addiction. Uh, I have my entire life, and um, I am always going to laugh on the other side of this, and because it can't be so serious all the time, I think that plays into the stigma, if when we bring up something like this and we can't crack a joke about the life that we have previously lived, I, that was an experience from my own, you know. Yeah. So it's not anything where we are not making fun of you. If anything, we're here. Yes. You know. Absolutely. Do not stay silent about it. Please get help if you're struggling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I wasn't on the addiction side, but I definitely have always um, been, I was diagnosed as, um, ADD before they just incorporated that into ADHD and um so I've no, oh, always been neurospicy, and then I also okay. had <laughs> depression anxiety often on medication so and you know you just sometimes need help yeah yeah so and it's okay if you do it's absolutely okay and we would rather you ask for help than than uh, go to your go funeral. funeral go yeah. To, yeah go the wrong way yeah so um, we're going to make jokes, but we're here. We get you. Yes. So no disrespect. Absolutely. Anyway, so we're back.
1: We're back to doing cocaine. Cocaine with about them. it. <laughs> yes. And, and
0: shots of Jaeger. Yeah. <laughs> but they had a good time. They were in love. It was like they didn't have to go to work. They were just yeah on the street having fun and being in with their own community. And they were kind of the king and queen of yeah. those Katrina. So they had some notoriety, and then when things got back to normal, things went very Very bad. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very bad.
1: But also, things never really went back to normal in New Orleans. I mean, everything kind of, everybody was trying to get back to making money. Right. But I mean, for the average person, not the tourist community, not not that area, not where the tourists were going they still still have not recovered some of those areas yeah you know Mm -hmm. and so things went back to normal for businesses but not for the actual average citizen of Louisiana
0: yeah so and can you imagine all the PTSD after that too Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like just even knowing about it is... I mean, watching
1: it on the television was
0: traumatizing.
1: (laughs) There were bodies just covered and left to bloat and rot. Yes. And in plain sight of everybody. Yeah. I could not imagine the smell. Mm No. No. Could you imagine somebody coming from Mm-mm. being in the war and Mm-mm. then smelling rotting flesh yeah. and seeing the tanks and the national guard yeah. and all of that? And I know Puts that plays right into mm-hmm. what he, you know, witnessed firsthand and kind of what happened to change. Yeah. Why it wasn't? Why we aren't having fun anymore? Yeah. You know.
0: You know his his ex wife said that when he came back he was not the same person. I can't imagine he was just anybody not would the be. same person. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it's terrifying. Um, That's why I never went into the military, because I am too much of an empath. I could not handle it.
1: My husband was in the military,
0: um, in the Army,
1: in the early 2000s. And, um, you know, wasn't there. We weren't at war when he was... Um, in the military, so he never actually went and fought, but even basic training and the special ops training and stuff, he saw people die, yeah. and they were accidental, totally could have been prevented type deaths, and he still saw that. So like even service members who aren't serving are going through things yeah.
0: mm-hmm. and are coming back traumatized, and our government is all willing to send it over. Yep, and take all that they can from you, and then not take care of you when they yeah. come back. You come back, and there's no system
1: to really help you when you need it. Yeah.
0: So they kept breaking up. Um, the going back back to normal air quotes, things were um, tough for both of them to settle back in. They were breaking up all the time. Um, also, this was back in the day when gay was not a good thing. I mean, people weren't, I mean, some people were out, but it was still undercover and he was bisexual and he cheated on her with a man. And when she found out, she went bananas. She, um, texted all his friends saying that uh, he had AIDS, like all this horrible stuff. And, um, she was very homophobic, or at least she used that against him. So yeah. again, neither one of them were good for each other.
1: Oh, absolutely not.
0: She would mm-hmm. she would beat him and apparently he beat her too. Like they would both end up having these fights and be bruised up by each other. So but they just could not keep away from each other. Yeah. They had an apartment and he had put up all this money for it and she was like you know what get out and he was about to become homeless with no money because he put all this money into it from what his writing because he wrote it all down in her diary Mm -hmm. afterwards he got so upset he just kind of snapped and strangled her to death in that apartment the thing that
1: Everyone needs to understand is that Addie was a very tiny woman. Yes, he was not a tiny man. He's six eleven. Yes, size seventeen feet. Mm-hmm. He shook her, and essentially, they believe because they couldn't do an accurate autopsy
0: of her, but they believe he snapped her neck. Oh, because so. I heard that he he strangled her, but yeah, I guess that would make sense. Yeah, and then he went. He kind of disassociated. Yeah, it was a total like, disassociated moment. Yeah, and when he came to, kind of, he was like, "Oh God, what did I do? And how am I gonna fix this?" Yes, what he did record in the diary that he left for investigators to have, um, he said that here's here's some he necrophiled her <laughs> i don't know how to say it yeah he he um i guess it's a matter of kind of a control thing yeah where he he defiled her body after a couple of times after she was dead then she started to decompose and he said i guess i'm gonna have to dismember her and get rid of the the evidence. Yeah. So he uh, dismembered her corpse and tried to cook it down. Now, there are reports saying that he cannibalized her, but there was absolutely no evidence. She was cooked and left on the stove.
1: There was parts of her in the refrigerator. Yeah. uh, Inside of the stove and then on top of the stove. And I do believe the one police report makes mention of the stove was on. Now, I don't know if it was the oven portion or one of the burners, (sighs) but it was on, like, a slow, like, very low heat to almost simmer, and it seems to me that the intention was not to actually consume her. No. I think, honestly, he was trying to boil that down to the bones so it was easier to transport the body.
0: Yeah, to get rid of her her body. I don't know, like, he... Um, had a head, like decapitated her, and took off her head and feet and all that. Yeah. So, gruesome part. Phew. That was that's a heavy, heavy thing to go through, and yeah. I can't imagine being an investigator going through that. No. And seeing not at that site. So, um, at 12 days after he murdered her, it was, um, October 5th that he murdered her. And well, that whole time he went heavy into drug use. He looks yes. horrible. He was out partying all the money that he had. Well, cause I think he went to work for a couple of days and then he was just like, I can't do this. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to get rid of this body. And he lost his mind. He wrote uh, spray painted stuff on the walls, like did all this, like yeah. just really lost it. Did a lot of drugs, a lot of cooking, and a lot of alcohol. Went out to strip clubs. He did all these wild and crazy things, treating people to lap dances and things. And then he wanted to spend all his money, and then once that money was gone, he was going to um, unlive himself, which he did. He did. Um, so he went to the the Omni Hotel rooftop bar, Yeah. and um, drank and then jumped off that building onto the car park that was five stories down. And when the police came, they found in his pocket a um, plastic baggie with his note, his suicide note, and a key to his building mm-hmm. on Rampart Street. That is the end. And they they went in there and they found all the things and yeah. pieced everything together with the... the um, diary that he wrote the journal mm-hmm. and uh i
1: think in the the note in his pocket i know he put the address mm-hmm. but he also put by gilder yeah like you're gonna find you know and i don't know i don't want to misquote don't know exactly what the note said um i i have read it before but i can't yeah. off the top of my head but i know that he he admitted to it yeah. and he owned up to what he did. Yeah, it almost felt like he, re- he regretted it.
0: Oh, I remember what they said. It was, um, I'm taking my life for the one that I took. I took, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. It heavy.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then their apartment sat empty for a while. Yeah. And there was a fire on the first floor the voodoo shop. Yeah. And that's when everybody began to be like, oh, the building's cursed and all this other stuff. But Bloody Mary. Yeah. If you don't know who Bloody Mary is, she is a voodoo practitioner in New Orleans. And she owns uh, Bloody Mary's voodoo museum and it is actually the Rampart Street Murder House. And she took the building and completely remodeled the inside and and not in a way that doesn't pay respect to the original foundation because right. you can see the OG brick in some of these rooms and it very much adds to the vibe. It's also a lot bigger on the inside than it looks outside, but yeah. it's... now did- did they stop? They, I've heard that they
0: still have the oven
1: there. They have both the oven and the fridge Yeah. there. And I also believe the bathtub is the bathtub that she sat in, that he put her in while yeah. he was um, dismembering her. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I bet you can feel it when you get there. You
1: uh, Let me tell you something. Yeah. When you walk up the steps, because there are apartments on the second floor. Mm-hmm. You hit that halfway point and you feel the electric in the air.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: feel like you're walking into static electricity. Yeah. And it is an immediate feeling. It, it's like you're going from one plane and realm of existence and you walk right into
0: another. Yeah. It is wild. Isn't that funny? That I said the same thing about when we went to Casadega in the spiritualist. They had that one room where they did all the seances. Yeah, it is the same feeling. Yeah, thick, heavy static feel. Uh huh. Yep. That's that's exactly what I said yesterday.
1: There are places that you walk into and you feel that, and you just know. Yep. I don't know if everybody can feel it. Like my husband does not believe too much into this. And he, like, I wanted to smack him when we were investigating Uh Zach and Addy's apartment because he, like, I'm like, dude, you gotta, like, just take a breath and open your darn mind (laughs) and let it in. Yeah. But even he was like, yeah, I mean, I guess. (laughs) Right. Well, the fact that he was like, yeah, I mean, I guess is something. Yeah. Everybody had an experience. And and he, he admittedly at the end said, you know, some things definitely didn't. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's yep.
0: a win for, you know, a non-believer. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's funny because I think I'm a skeptic, but I'm not as skeptic as other people. Yeah. So it's like I'm a skeptical believer. You yeah. should always be a
1: skeptical believer yeah. because not everything is at face value Right. real. Right. Question everything. Yeah. Always. For sure. And you know, when you can't come up with a logical explanation, that is where that... That's the paranormal. Yes, that belief comes in. Yeah. You know, belief is having faith in something that you don't know is true. Right. 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 So, that's it. You're a believer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you can't figure out how or why... Yeah. It's the same as, as having faith. Exactly. You know? Exactly.
0: Okay, so tell me, now that we've gotten through all the story, tell me about, um, your trip. Why you decided to go down there, um, besides the fact that it's New Orleans, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like every spiritual person needs to go there sometime. I Except for me. Too. I never, I've never gone. I've had friends that live there, multiple friends, and We, we gotta go get you there. It. I know. You're gonna love it. You are gonna love it. It's been my dream. I just sent my mom, um a message because um, after Anne Rice died, they stopped <gasps> yes. her, her her Halloween balls. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, oh, my God. Halloween ball. If I ever had a balls, they would be Halloween balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so they're starting it back up. Christopher oh, is starting it back up and I'm like hey, yes yeah
1: yes. we we definitely drove by her home Aww. right there in the Garden District beautiful so why the hell did I go to New Orleans <laughs> in April of what was it 2021 yeah because we were right out of you know we still had to wear everybody was still Masked masking up, up and yeah. everything i remember that but so
0: yeah um nick as Groff, i mentioned nick Groff was yes. wearing a mask in that picture yes <laughs> yes,
1: yes i um That's reached funny. out to emily here to tell her this story uh-huh. uh via social media and i sent her the picture of me and nick Roth from that night to be like you know i'm i'm not bullshitting you okay <laughs> i'm like listen I, know, believe I believe. I don't you. like tell people this like yeah. i said i used to you know do do a podcast at horror so i've met lovely people but it's always felt weird to me to be like oh look who i met like yeah this. like like okay it was a cool opportunity but they're human too yeah name dropper. yeah like <laughs> i don't it's it's weird to me but anyway so um, I've met plenty of famous people too so yeah yeah I used to live in New York yeah yeah but they are people yes and if you approach them as another you know people yeah they are more inclined to talk to you especially when you're like interviewing (laughs) them you know what I mean you can't really go oh my god you're you're like Cassandra Peterson oh my god yeah you you can't like you gotta keep it even though you kind of want to yeah (laughs) totally doing it inside of your your head and being in fight or flight because you just want to yeah but so i was at a place in my life where i was really seeking spiritual connection more than just spirituality yeah in for me my ancestors lived and died and i know that Mm -hmm. you know um and that was real to me yeah and i had met a man in the horror con scene and he had written some books and he had a a voodoo hoodoo shop right Mm -hmm. on bourbon street and um i started communicating with him and asking him questions because i i wanted to understand how i could connect with my ancestors to connect with the spirit of those who are no longer with us i was i needed guidance i needed help i was struggling
0: we're not taught that right yeah we're not taught that no so and it's
1: powerful because they are real we know they were real we wouldn't be here if they weren't right and for me coming from previous trauma and having ptsd myself like i can't certain religious ideas are like, it happened to you to make you stronger. Like I was innocent and it shouldn't have happened. Can we stop acting like it made me better? It also gave me a freak ton of trauma responses and life is hard, right? you know? And I was seeking something deeper. And so, you know, I planned this whole trip around going and and, um, paying other practitioners to kind of do root work in their practice and readings to to help guide me and help connect me. Right. Do that ritual that's going to connect me to my ancestors because I don't know how to do that and nor am I going to try and do it because it's not my practice and I don't understand it. Right. But I want to, I want to open my practice up and have you help me get this connection. Yeah. And it was a very powerful experience to go do that, but that's why I was... going to New Orleans um and I and I did those things while I was there
0: yeah that's wonderful. I wish I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get some stuff you have to um and I like I like that you you met the man you talked to him and then you went and paid him yes like that's how you do it that's not cultural appropriation right I
1: have bought all his books well yeah um making sure that I'm supporting him was very important. Yeah. Because I, I wanted him to know that I appreciated yeah. what he was giving me and he's from it's family. This isn't something he just said, I'm gonna go do this one day. Yeah. He has so much power and knowledge and culture. Just, yeah. it's astounding to be in his presence. Yeah, But it was funny how this all happened. I was like well we're there for you know three days mm-hmm. I'm trying to like plan out the trip i knew i wanted to see bloody mary's museum so i'm here in in my living room with my husband next to me and delaware and i call and i go i'm trying to get tickets for this date or this date mm-hmm. and she's like i don't have any regular tickets available but i have this event where you you come into the museum and you do an overnight investigation with Nick Roth and we have some other, um, local paranormal investigators that will be here, but there's only a few tickets because it's a smaller space. So would you like, and I was like, um,
0: yeah, (laughs) <laughs> so we're we're gonna go through um, real quick and say Nick Groff for those not in the know. Um, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are some of you that don't know. Um, he was one of the originators on Ghost Adventures, and then yes. when he um, he branched out on his own um, with a bunch of different people. He's done a bunch of different projects. Mm -hmm. Um, most notable, I think, was the Ghosts of Shepherdstown.
1: Yes. Which is
0: funny because that's where I went to school. I love that. So I was all up in that. That
1: was a really good series. I always liked his approach to investigating. I'm sorry, guys, I'm a Zach Bagan's hater. (laughs) I think the guy is like, um, I don't know if steroids were a paranormal investigator. (laughs) Come on, fight me, bro. Come at me.
0: Yeah, like that. I guess I know what side of uh, the Nick versus Zach side you're on. Yeah.
1: He always remained respectful. He never said anything rude. He just said, listen, I do this because this is what I'm passionate about. And I want to go explore these places. And if it's successful and I make money, like yay but it became about something else with him and I just didn't I no longer like ethically align and he kept his mouth shut for a very long time and I don't think it was until recently that I believe it was on Twitter he put something out there and you know and and then after he did other people started coming forward and saying yeah well uh, we, we also had a show on that network, and he threw a fit, and we lost it. Like, yeah. Destination Fear is now fully self-funded. Yeah. And, I mean, you can still watch it, but... Right. Like, Dakota was a guest on the Ghost Adventures, the guy from Destination Fear. And well, like, he, was, he yeah. was one of
0: their... Uh, video guys yeah
1: he like won something and then they brought him on and then he went and did his own thing and god forbid somebody else do <laughs> did you hear what
0: zach said about dakota no he said that there was um he thinks that dakota is possessed by the devil and that he did all these like satanic worship stuff like i, I was like what what kind says of says is-? zach
1: bagans says- who's like fight me yeah demons and always making them i'm sorry i hit the table like making you know them participate in the weirdest ritualistic shit that you know they know nothing
0: about yeah i think maybe billy does i don't know listen so i was in colorado i'm gonna tell you right now i've watched pretty much every single uh ghost adventures episode because i call it my research (laughs) yeah (laughs) because i was in colorado i didn't have i was about to come back move back home but i was out of work so i had all this time and um only a limited like thing to look to watch video wise so i like watched all of them and um there were some really cool things but and but like there's He's disrespectful a to the humans. Yeah. And disrespectful to the entities. Like, I don't I these are people. I mean, unless there is some kind of demon thing, which I don't necessarily think I believe in. Right. of personally, I've never encounter, encountered that. So
1: Yeah, um,
0: I that's uh it's a religious dogma to me, but um I think that he goes about it the wrong way and he's very antagonistic and um it's disrespectful to people that have passed yes it really is like it's and that i like um amy Bruni because she talks about that like even going to jails and stuff like she said don't treat them badly you don't know why they're there right they could be innocent it could be like I wasn't say it was Eastern State had like a twelve year old boy. Yeah, in and there. a dog. Right, like <laughs> crazy stuff. Right, right. So you know you never know who's here, and you don't want to be rude. Right. Yeah. It's true.
1: Yeah. That was I learned that lesson our first night in
0: New New Orleans. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Only Ghosts in the Building. If you have any write-in stories that you would like us to read on air, please write us an email at onlyghostsinthebuilding at gmail.com or you can send us a DM on our Instagram page at onlyghostsinthebuilding or on Facebook at onlyghostsinthebuilding. We also have started our Patreon page, so go to uh, patreon.com slash only ghosts in the building no spaces between or you can search only ghosts in the building no spaces between and come join it's free or there are going to be a couple of uh, pay monthly options but you will get all your episodes ad free there and the evidence that we collect will be posted there as well so please come and join the fun we will see you soon